Hello and welcome to the D1 Softball Podcast. I'm your host, Tara Henry. As always, we are excited to bring you the best of the best in college softball. After the show, head on over to d1softball.com for all the latest stories, coaching scoop, international softball news, fall schedules, and more. If you subscribe today, you can use Podcast 20, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T 20, for 20% off an annual subscription. We are excited for today's new episode that features Ohio State head coach, Kelly Kovac Shanley. Now let's get started. Re, my co-host, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, man. We're off to a good start here with some laughs early on the podcast. People probably won't know, but uh, <laughs> it's been it's been an interesting few days here. Where you're getting fall ball started, we're trying to crank out these rankings and uh, just little things like that just make us laugh because uh, it's just it's how it is. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, last week we actually filmed the podcast, and then we had some pretty big news uh, in the softball world. Patty Gasso uh, receiving the largest contract. Uh, in softball, she retains that title. We did an incredible article on our site. So Patty Gasso, Oklahoma head coach, is now being paid $1.625 million a year to coach the Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, it's about time we've got a head coach uh, making that kind of money. But, Ray, what are your thoughts on Gasso and uh, what this means for women's sports? Yeah, it's obviously it's all deserved. And it's all – I mean, she's earned every penny of it. Um just the fact of the success alone and then the publicity and the attention she's brought to that program. And as you see with the new stadium investment and all the, all the NIL deals, some of her players are getting and just the, the publicity alone from that program that that college has received and they're starting to lean into it, which they should, because they're realizing we need to. So um, she's worth every penny. If anyone's going to be the highest paid, it should be her just from the success alone. Um, and it's always good for softball to bump it up. We're getting some women's basketball coaches that are getting towards that territory and some WNBA coaches that are getting up there. So the more you can kind of set the bar high, um, because some of you, as we've seen, some of these, you know, football coaching salaries are ridiculously, uh, regardless of what you think of it. I mean, sometimes I wonder like, okay, coaching, but if they're going to be paid that much, then she should be paid that much. So I'm um, all applaud Oklahoma for doing it. And again, like you said, she was already making over a million. And then with all these bonuses and stuff, this will probably go even higher, you know, with all the, if she keeps winning it make it head to 2 million pretty soon. So um, yeah, definitely just rewarded and um, not a super surprise because if you win another national title, you need to get a salary increase. And uh, she did. Mm-hmm. So, but um, yeah, definitely. And, and there's a lot of catching up to do. I mean, we know that Mike white is probably, you know, halfway there like from Texas, but um, hopefully this will kind of, I mean, you know, not everyone's going to make as much and doesn't deserve as much, but hopefully it'll kind of set the bar higher for, you know, the next contract extensions for other coaches. So that's always how we make progress with the women's sports here. So that's Patty Gasso, Oklahoma head coach receiving her new salary last week. We knew she was going to, we knew there were, it was on the docket cause it was on the, uh, uh, regents board, uh, kind of. Uh, agenda, but it didn't call out how much it was, whereas the rest of them had actually a number figure next to it. So we didn't know what they were going to pass for Patty, but uh, got the news as soon as it was. So congratulations to Patty Gasso and uh, good on you, Oklahoma Sooners, for for setting the bar high. So that was a big news as we we literally just finished taping and uh, or we just released the podcast and it was released uh, for last week. Uh, we'll go into what's on the site. What's on the site? We continue with our top 50 programs 
Okay, number 10, Texas, number nine, Tennessee, number eight, Georgia, and then seven will be Washington and six is Arizona. So head on over to the site. We're ranking teams, not just on last year's performance. We're looking at the past, the last decade. So we're taking a look at postseason appearances. We're looking at women's college world series appearances, titles. So it all goes into play and it's weighted more towards the last five years, but really enjoy kind of just breaking down all the teams and getting a refresher on, on what's happening uh, across the country. And so go on over and check it out. Re, any thoughts on that 10 through yeah. six? No, you're doing a tremendous job with those. I mean, I, you know, I've just been, it's, it's funny to kind of jog the memory a little bit and see kind of the, and to see some of the shifts in the movement, because, you know, like you said, recency bias is always like, Oh, they weren't good last year, but um, and some trending up, some trending down, but, you know, the blue buds are the blue buds, but it's kind of been good to see some new fresh programs get in there, especially when we're basing it more in the last decade. So uh, just great info you've had in every one. And, and now the top 10, we're getting a little bit more in depth with each particular one. So there's some really good stuff and some really good facts. And uh, I've just really enjoyed kind of like, you know, like I said, jogging the memory about some of these last 10 years. Yeah. Texas, big jump for Texas. I think that runner up uh, finish last season uh, and those trips to women's cultural series. Say what you want about Mike White. He he knows how to win and he knows to, how to take his teams deep into the postseason, which is one of the things he did it at Oregon. Uh, and if you looked at Texas <laughs> this year, you would have thought that that, that wasn't going to happen early on. In the year. At the beginning, I mean, honestly, and they said the same thing. So they played it up like, oh, no one believed in us. But I'm like, you guys weren't believing in yourself because like you, you told us you were a train wreck. So it was definitely I would have never predicted that after that first weekend, like you said. Yeah, Macombsville had a huge upgrade uh, in 2020. Um huge facility upgrade. So again, another place it, easy to recruit out of there out of Austin. And, and I think Mike White's done a, a great job uh, since he's uh, controversial. Some, so at some points controversial, I would say, but uh, has done a nice job with the Longhorns. So that's what's on the site. And the last thing we've got Mary Nutter, the Mary Nutter schedule is out. OU Oklahoma or Oklahoma UCLA, excuse me. That is a big game on the docket. Re. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Mary Nutter? It's back and obviously one of my most favorite tournaments. Yeah, the it's going to be February 23rd through the 26th in Cathedral City. Um, always a great one. One of the uh, premier preseason now that obviously Clearwater's entered the picture too. That's kind of the two that are the two. If you On each coast, we got one. So if you can't get out to one coast, you can catch the teams on the other. Really good, really, really good field again. There's 30 teams. And like you said, Oklahoma UCLA plays that last day at 9.30 a.m. So get up early, get some breakfast, breakfast at the field. Um, so that's that's kind of obviously a rematch of the last season's uh, Women's College World Series semi. But there's uh, also three other teams from that Women's College World Series field taking part, Northwestern, Florida, and Oregon State. And just got some a lot of other good teams. I mean, you got Fuller, like Texas A&M. You can kind of see what, uh, you know, how the new staff's doing down there. You got Utah, obviously, North, you know, just a lot of quality cows there. I mean, you can go through the list, Iowa, Iowa State, Kentucky. So there's going to be a lot of good games. And it's kind of like we said last year, you never know because some teams we kind of thought, oh, and then didn't happen the rest of the season. And other teams we thought, oh, they're, you know, their seasons, it doesn't look good. And they kind of use those games to build for the rest of the season. So it's just a really great event. And it's, um, you know, the, it's games are running all day. I mean, all, you go out there and you'll just get like, you'll be, it's overload and in a good way. So um, always a great one. I always wish I could get out there to see, but it's going to feature a lot of, uh, a lot of West 
but definitely some Midwest and some East teams coming that way to, to play because they know how good of an event it is. It's like the Disneyland of softball. I actually am looking at the schedule right now, trying to figure out which field I'm going to be at at what time and plan out my, you know, trips during the day. Cause you know, you've got furious fields, you have the main fields and you've got the outer fields and it's, uh, it's going to be fun. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be a homer here, but UCLA did not shy away from a tough schedule. They've got Florida on Thursday and then they play Kentucky Iowa, Northwestern, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma, like you said. So it'll be a a big big test for the Bruins. Definitely. They have six games. Most people have, like, obviously the travels, why they can play six, and and with the Pac-12 being such a smaller schedule, they kind of add a different game. Most people play, like, four or five there. But uh, I love it. I think it's great. And they've always been, obviously, you know, the the Hallmark program that kind of – it's like the anchor of that event each year. So, and, you know – just to kind of be a little teaser, our guest is going to be participating in that event too. They're going to be out there at Ohio State. So everyone out there got to check out the Buckeyes and they're going to want you more after you listen to this amazing interview we had too, <laughs> Kelly. I was going to say, well, that's that's it for our, our uh, intro. Reed, who do we got on the pod today? Yeah, we do. We have uh, Ohio State head coach Kelly Kovac Shanley. And uh, she was obviously a tremendous player herself and has become a tremendous coach. And we get into tons of stuff, and you're going to want to hang around till the end because uh, if you like Bravo, the TV station, Kelly's got you covered there. So she's not only a great softball coach, but she knows her stuff with the with all the Real Housewives. So it's it was a fun interview, and we were really happy to have her on the pod. All right, here she is, uh, Ohio State head coach Kelly Kovac, Shamley. And today's guest on the D1 Softball Podcast is Ohio State head coach Kelly Kovacs Shanley. Shanley is entering her 11th season at Ohio State, a span that includes 303 wins and eight straight 30-win full seasons. Shanley was a first-team All-American pitcher for Michigan from 1991 through 95 and a two-time Big Ten Pitcher of the Year. Look at those amazing accolades. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kelly. Welcome to D1 Softball Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, let, let's get right into it. I mean, we're all excited because fall's rolling around and the weather's changing. and We've got some fall ball games on the schedule. So how's everything going up there in Columbus in terms of the fall preparations and, and practices? So far, so good. We started off, uh, we gave them about 10 days to kind of get acclimated to going to college again and um, did some conditioning stuff, but we just fully got started right after Labor Day. And yesterday was our first full scrimmage as a team. So, you know, just putting all the pieces together, trying to figure out where people fit, if we're gonna make any changes around the, you know, around the field and and, and welcoming in our new pitching. Uh, that's been exciting as well. You know, everyone, every coach is a little different in terms, I mean, there's a lot of similarities, but in their philosophies, how they approach ball, do you have any certain things with how you do workouts or how you do games, anything of that nature that you kind of emphasize during this period? Yeah. As a staff, we just feel like we try to do as much team stuff as we can because we have obviously the great weather and we want them to focus on how they're going to function together and not just on their own skill development. Although we do some of that. Um, but then once the fall season ends in the middle of October, we really break the skills down. Uh, but right now it's just, you know, doing more situational stuff, you know, seeing how they can work with each other, um, kind of feed off one another, even offensively, both, you know, both sides of the ball, 
and just get those pitchers out there throwing against hitters and, and really competing because, you know, you don't always get to do that uh, in November or December. Yeah. And, you know, in doing all these, I'm doing a lot of stories now on, you know, some of the new coaches coming in and man, your coaching tree has really sprouted some pretty deep branches lately. I mean, I feel like everyone's like, oh, Ohio state, Ohio state. Uh, how does it feel to see some former assistants now becoming head coaches and kind of going off and growing? It's been super exciting. I know um, my boss, Gene Smith, he makes a big deal about, you know, we have an assistant coaches Academy here. And so when he wants them to feel prepared when they leave. And so obviously like we mentor them here as a softball staff, but he does a bigger picture of mentoring um, across the department. And so, you know, he actually sees it as a plus when our coaches leave and move on to bigger, better things. He doesn't want us to hoard all the talent. He wants, you know, people to grow and become, you know, he does that with his staff as well. So I kind of see that as, you know, I'm just following his leadership that way and trying to push people to do things, you know, and, and show them they are ready. Yeah. It's been pretty amazing. And you, Still, you have an all-female staff. Is that something that's intentional, or is that just happenstance that you're? No, I just find the best people. You just honestly, I you know I I interview lots of different people, and um, the the fit that we've needed each time it's open and it's just happened to be that way. But uh, it's not. We don't do that on purpose. It's just the best talent that I that I think is best fit for us. What, what prompted you after your career to get into coaching? Were kind of, you know, was there something, did you know all the time or did something, a turn in your life point you in that direction? Well, I got super fortunate because uh, I graduated. Well, I, I shouldn't say graduated. I finished my four years uh, right at a time when an assistant coach, her name is Mary Jo Fernbach, she left Michigan. And I got really lucky that the timing was that summer. And Hutch gave me an opportunity that, no 22 year olds get anymore to like jump into a world series caliber program and be a coach. And so I actually still had to finish my student teaching that fall. And she stuck with me through that. And then they, um, university of Michigan was, uh, you know, obviously paid for my graduate work. And so I stayed there through that and haven't used a single piece of my education. I like, I got a program or a degree in software designing and I never used it a single day in my life. So, you know, I, um, I'm just very fortunate that the Hutch gave me the opportunity. I actually didn't know that's what I wanted to do at all. And just being around her and being around the sport and seeing it from that way gave me a chance to one, get my education finished um, as my master's. And then kind of like she did the same thing for me. She's like, it's time for you to move on and and spread your wings and and go find some other opportunities. And so she kind of pushed me out of the nest you know, sometimes she, her other staff has stayed forever, but she definitely was like, you need to go and, and, and be on your own and, and learn from other people too. Yeah. And obviously we all know Carol Hutchins just retired uh, at Michigan after, you know, legendary career um, playing for her. What, what, what did you, what did you feel like you took away the most playing for you were there? Obviously, you know, some of her earlier years um, she's been there forever. So not too early, but like, what did you, what was, what was the, the, I guess the secret sauce with her coaching that really brought out the best in players. Well, I definitely feel like she's so different than when she coached us. And I think that we were helping her create her style as much as she was helping us create our culture. I think she learned a lot by just when we started to win more about how to stay on top and what got us there. And so I kind of learned from her, just, you know, let your kids, shine. Don't, you know, it's 
it's fine to bring in a freshman to start them right away. You know, old school would be like, let them develop. And she kind of let us go. And I think like when I played for her, it's it, kind of different in a way of, you know, she let the pitcher and catcher call their own game. She let us kind of take control and, and create our own culture on the field together. And I think that's what I've taken from her is I try to teach the kids in practice so they can play together in a game. So I'm not managing them as much in a game as I am just giving them preparation. So they're ready to do it together. How's it going to be at some of those big 10 coaching meetings now without, you know, Jackie leaving Michigan state and Hutch leaving Michigan. Are you thinking about like, is it, it's kind of some change over there. Is it going to be, well, we just had ours yesterday. So um, Piper was in charge in Minnesota and we were done 10 minutes early. So I give Piper a ton of credit. I don't think Jackie ever left the meeting early. So uh, no, it was, it was, you know, it's definitely a change. And, and now some other people in the, um, in the conference need to step up and some of those leadership roles so we can keep growing the sport and moving the big 10 forward. And, you know, I look forward to being one of those people. I know that, you know, they've leaned on me for certain things and, and I, I really want to take that on and, and help. Yeah. And you, you, you're a coach, but you're also a mom and uh, your daughter, Danielle, she attends Ohio state and she's actually a very talented tennis player. Um, aside I happened to cover her in juniors when she was successful in doubles not even knowing she was your daughter until I had to call the mother of this person that I was <laughs> and realize it's the same person I just spoke to like a few weeks ago in softball so that was a fun thing we learned about each other <laughs> absolutely I'm just but, really enjoying her career it's been fun watching it a sport I don't know as much about but I can just sit back and cheer so. Yeah. How is the dynamic happening? I mean, you know, it's a huge campus, I'm sure, but just having your daughter at the same school and kind of trying to balance, you know, being the mom and watching her play and coaching your team. How is that? How do you guys make that work? We actually are super lucky. Our The building that we work out of is called the Shoemaker and we have the, um, it's called the Nest. It's our eating like, cafeteria for the student athletes, like training table. And so I get to eat meals with her on occasion. Like she's coming here at three 30. We're working on her resume. She's trying to go to a job fair. Um, it's nice to have her here and her team is full of a lot of international kids. So it's kind of nice for me to be here for them as well as, you know, they, their families are far away, but they have my husband and I, and like some other people, um, that are in Columbus to just kind of and welcome those girls in and help them, you know, live their dreams as a Buckeye. So I love it. I just, um, you know, they're right across the street. Like I can look out the window and see their facility. So, you know, I don't miss much, but you know, I wish I could see her compete a little bit more. Now she, uh, you get, it's bragging your child moment on the pod. So she just had a pretty successful weekend, right? In tennis. Can she you kind did, of yeah. She had a couple wins down at, they opened up down at Furman and they played uh, her and her partner played against some really quality opponents from uh, South Carolina and Duke and Georgia tech. They did a really nice job and she got a singles win. And so she's, She's feeling good and I think hoping she can just contribute some and really help the team. That's awesome. That's mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. It's been fun to see her kind of, you know, I love people that love doubles too. That's always my thing. So yes. thank um, you for asking. <laughs> now you've got a big event in October coming up that your program does pretty regular. Can you tell us a little bit about that and tell us kind of why it's so special? Yeah. So coach Califatis was here at Ohio state before I was here and she had started a program, uh, Back when one of the, uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to say this wrong, but Chris Spielman was a linebacker at Ohio State. He married Stephanie Spielman, who um, had cancer, has passed away. She has worked with Chris through the years for the Stephanie Spielman Fund, Cancer Fund over at the um, Wexner Medical Center. And we've always had this um, charity event where we invite all the teams from Ohio, Division One, Division Two, NAIA, um, 
all the levels and all the teams come in and play. And every year we kind of mix up, like not every team makes it every year, but everyone supports it through the years. And we're able to raise funds for um, that cause. And you know, our girls are able to kind of play for something bigger than just the Bucks. You know, like we, you know, have a lot of programming that goes on that weekend. Um, you know, we're working on the kids getting ready for um, like talking about just different, having different speakers come talk to them about, you know, cancer and breast cancer and what to look for and what, you know, how to, we're trying to fight it. And, you know, I give uh, coach Linda all the credit in the world that she started this. I used to play in it when I was at um, Miami university, we'd come up and play. And so when I got here, it was one of those things I knew we had to keep going. And so I'm proud to, to keep it going for her and for the Spielman fund. That's cool. And they have so many different, you know, levels of, of mm -hmm. Place. That's kind of cool. It's kind of like when the NCAA does the whole, you know, they have all the D2, D3 in one place for the championships. Uh, for yeah, and they get to play on Buckeye Field, so they get excited about it. Like they, they get the lights and the glamour and the glitz and everything. And, um, you know, we rotate it around for, we have another facility here on campus, but the teams get to come down and play on Buckeye Field. And so some of those teams have never played on a field like this. So it's, it's really an honor for them, I think. And we saw um, Lily Piper in AU uh, this summer, pretty, you know, having a pretty successful uh years uh, did you get a chance to get out there for any games or do you follow that pretty closely we follow it very closely and it, i just love so lily plays shortstop for us and she used to make these ridiculous plays like i like we just could not get over it and if you were to practice you would see it 10 times a day and so I, it's hard because when you play lily you only see her you know two or three games at a time but someone who gets to see her you know 50 60 games a year plus, you know, multiple years, I, when she started making those plays this summer, I said, finally, like everyone else is getting to see it. And it's been nice seeing her move over to third and, you know, really do a good job over there. I really hope that, you know, she continues to train and, and really try to get on that national team. I think she's capable. And I just love the spirit that she plays with. Um, her team's going to come up and play in the charity classics that so she'll get to come back to Buckeye field again in October. And, adore her I just love the way she plays and you know i'm always the biggest fan as is our entire program everybody loves lily around here is she still playing to go remember when you had when she was a senior we i did a story about she was like a fire training with the fire department is she still planning to do that or is that no i she's in coaching now so she's an assistant coach at ohio and so she's kind of found her love there and gotten away from that and i think she's found her niche she cleared the floor and it's no longer. I just remember that you had that yeah. singing and everything. You had the ticket. I, the creativity with that was hilarious. <laughs> it was really, if you want, if you can tell them, like you guys had like little that, that postseason, didn't you have that whole season? Like where you'd punch it, like everyone got like a time card basically. Yeah. yeah. It was like a kind of like a blue collar work ethic mentality. And, you know, we went and met with the firefighters and, and they kind of learned from them how they go about their work and, the teamwork that's involved in it and everything. So I think that that was what, I mean, that was a couple of years ago now. I mean, now, you know, we'll have to come up with something even better this year for this group, but um, you know, it, it all did start because her and Emily wanted to be firefighters. And so we took it on and, and let them learn about it. And then we just saw how we could bring that into our program. And it was, yeah, it was, it's good times. Gosh, you're bringing back the memories. I miss this as playing on, you know, playing for us and some of the best moments of Buckeye program is, you know, when, when she was here. Yeah, I'm lucky enough that, you know, the NCAA sends you to basically Knoxville every <laughs> single year for the last 46 years of the NCAA tournament, which I know for you is not always the, you know, you'd like the variety, but 
it's been good for me to get to see you guys play a lot and learn some of those stories more. But uh, I know you probably wish to have a little bit more variety there with some of the, you know, the Ohio Valley. I want to host. That's our, one of our big goals this year is that we bring teams here. So there's a lot of good teams within the, the 400 mile radius of Ohio State. And I feel like if we can get in that top 16, it would be a tremendous experience here that the way our facilities, people run their events, we could have an amazing regional. And that's something that I definitely want for this program and that we're working really hard towards. We scheduled extremely hard this spring. We're you know, jumping right out and going to UCF, playing UCF, playing Georgia, playing, um, you know, obviously Clemson and Notre Dame right away. Then we go out to Mary Nutter. Like we're going hard and you know, trying to make it a big preseason for us to make that big push to host. Get the RPI bumped up there a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, we put the, we put it together pretty well last year as well. The, the schedule, we just missed a game or two here or there. And I think we could have been in that top 16 would have taken much more, but um, you know, that's our goal right now is to get that, that weekend, stop going to Knoxville and start coming to Columbus. I'd be okay with that. If you guys did, went somewhere. maybe I'll come up there. I'll have to make the trip up there. Maybe um, they'll come here. How about that? Well, I go anywhere, so I'll just go wherever. If it's a good regional, I'll be, I'll just drive up there. It's not too far. Um, you were talking just like you, I know you were talking about, uh, your AD Gene Smith and kind of the camaraderie among the staff there. I know your football coach, Ryan Day, has been really like he he's pretty active with all the teams on campus and speaks to everyone. Is that something that he's that he's done frequently with your program? And have you he has. Heard? I'm really fortunate because his personal assistant is a former softball player. Her name is Maddie Marotti and uh, her dad's the strength coach here for Coach Day. Oh, and a um, couple of things like Coach Day has spoken to our teams a couple of times. And then he's also spoken to the group a couple of times. And one of his main initiatives is like, and I'm sure there's, you know, you could talk about it another day, but um, he donated a, a million dollars for the mental health wellness program here at Ohio State. And so, um, you know, he's very involved in it and his players are as well. And just to see the, you know, the shift towards people really taking care of their mental health. And when you see your football program doing it and taking a lot of um, time and effort and valuing that piece of it and your head coach for your football program doing it, it really gives our players, you know, almost like a voice to be comfortable to, to really bring it forward as well. And I think he's been a great leader in that space and, you know, I surely follow behind him. So. Yeah, it's been really good to see some of these football coaches come out with the mental health. I think if anyone has a chance, the Nevada football coach had a son that died of a suicide and he spoke out on it in a video on Twitter. You can find it. It's really, really sobering, but it's a really good reminder. So I would encourage everyone to go check that out if you can. Um, it was pretty, pretty heartwarming and, and sad in the same in the same time. But pretty, uh, I love seeing the coaches get so candid about it. Um, all right, so we'll let you out here on a more of a lighter note here with the uh, if you you know when you're not on the field or you know being a mom or anything, do you have time to ever like binge watch any shows or any shows that are must watch <laughs> for you? Uh, yes. So like. This is so bad because I probably should admit it, but I could be like, do you know, do you know all the Bravo shows, the housewives? I could write, write a book on all the housewives. I, I want to literally go to BravoCon so bad that it like hurts. I wish it wasn't a recruiting weekend because I want to go see all the crazy housewives and meet all the crazy people involved in all of that. That's my, that's my uh, claim to fame is I'll sit down and watch my housewives. Um, the from the night before over breakfast before I go to work so I'm really looking forward to see what happens in Aspen and 
Kyle and all the girls out there and see why, you know, Kathy Hilton's in trouble. And I can't wait to see what, what it's all about. So <laughs> I got to look forward to my Royal House of Beverly Hills tonight. What do you have? Do you have like a ranking? Is there like, which one of the cities is the best for you? Um, let's see. I mean, Beverly Hills is pretty good. New York kind of fell this year for me. Um, New Jersey goes like old school. I'm from Pittsburgh. So like East coast is kind of like fun for me. Um, Orange County, like can come and go depends on who's there. And then Atlanta's awesome. Like I love Kenya. I mean, she's my, my, my girl. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, all of them are fun. I can get involved with any of their storylines. I don't care. Um, it's like mindless. I can't watch like the shoot 'em up shows anymore. I'm old and I'm like, not old, but I'm like, they scare me and I don't really want to watch people like kidnap kids on TV or any of that stuff. So I'll just stick with my housewives and, and keep it light. Yeah. Those things kind of make you feel like this can't be real life. And you're like, this is crazy. Like you're living vicariously through these weird bits. You know, it's kind of like, in, obviously it's inflated for drama, but it is. I really think they should have like a real housewives of uh, softball. I'm telling you, or like the real house dads. I think that'd be even funnier watching these dads follow kids around with their uh, GoPros and, and all this stuff. I always get nervous when I'm standing by the GoPros by the games. Cause I, you're talking too close. Like what can they hear on them? So um, I think that the real house dads of softball is the next, the next big franchise for, for Bravo. I'm going to give Andy Cohen a call. Yeah, man, you're in. Yeah. You do need to write like a, a maybe <laughs> you can maybe do like a weekly wrap up article for our site. Like the real housewives. <laughs> I feel like when you sit in the summer ball stands, you hear a lot. You could probably, I could give some. Sorry, you kind of cut out it's there. Okay. No, you're good. Um, no, that's hilarious. Well, I'm glad because you know what you, I, that is a great to know about you. Cause I'm like, you're so always like so professional about everything and not that that's not professional, but it's good to know that you have a place where you can kind of like, just delve into, like you said, kind of the, uh, I don't want to call it bad television, but just, you know, Oh, it's total trash. What are you talking not about? PBS or anything. <laughs> it's total trash and I love it. I don't care. I think you need that though. I think that everyone needs one of those shows just for the mental escape, you know, like just Absolutely. turn it on and not think. Well, life that I'll never live. So I enjoy it. Well, this is awesome. I really appreciate it. That was a great way to end this. And uh, <laughs> we'd love to have you all once the season rolls around. Uh, we know you're busy and we really thank you for joining us today on the D1 Softball Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks, ladies. Talk to you soon. Kelly. Head coach Kelly Kovac, Shane Lee from Ohio State. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to go binge watch um, some Bravo shows. <laughs> you need to watch every Real Housewives because I'm I I was rolling, man. I could not believe I would have of all the coaches. Like I love it because that's a side of her I really never would have even predicted, and I love it about that because that just makes her so much more human. <laughs> like everyone needs something like that in their life, right? And she's, I mean, the fact that she wants to go to the, I don't get Bravo con. I don't even, I didn't even know that existed to be honest, but now I'm going to be like trying to read about it. Cause, um, and now I'm, I'm just curious, like, I'm going to like, I, I'm going to have to tape some of these, you know, or like you said, go back and binge some of the, uh, like I said, I've seen a few episodes here and there, but the way she made it sound, I'm going to have to, you know, go back and watch every, every, you know, Atlanta episode possible. And even some of the Beverly Hills ones. So uh, I guess I'm in for a, some late night after all my sports <laughs> we better do this before season starts because uh it sounds like yeah i've got some catching up to do but just you know 
great to chat with her and hear what she's doing at Ohio State and excited for them to come out to the Mary Nutter so I'll get to see them uh, in person and see how they fare in the Big Big Ten uh, this this season. They actually, you know, they had an up and down season. They were a tough, tough team to, to face last year. And, you know, they had Lexi Hanley in the circle and uh, that lefty. And I thought they, she did a nice job and, and Nebraska was just super hot, but they ended up beating Nebraska. So, you know, I think they're middle, they were middle of the pack upper upper part of the big 10 and they could make a move. And I love that. That's their goal to host. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, she said, obviously they have the administrative support there and it's not, let's be clear. I mean, it's not always the Midwest. It's not easy always to get, you know, great players to come out and play in the big 10 and everything in those cold weather schools, but she, they've been just tremendously consistent every year and uh, always making the NCAAs pretty much and always, you know, making regionals and just uh, really, you know, they do it a lot with like in-state girls too, which is kind of cool, you know, to keep some of those kids home. So, and, you know, then they have someone like Lily Piper to kind of represent them on the bigger stage. That's pretty cool too. So yeah, definitely a program that is always there. Like you can, they're never like at the, they're always either in the middle or at the top and um, always has them ready and playing. And I just love their style too. I love how they just kind of like that blue collar attitude. So it's fun to watch them play no matter what. All right. Well, that's it for the week. Head on over to the site, d1softball.com, like subscribe, send us a message. If you have any comments, let us know what you think about the podcast. Uh, about all the content that we've we've got up on the site every day. There's something new for you. We continue our top 50 programs of 2022 countdown uh, this week and next, and then we'll get into fall reports. So really excited about that. And Re, any final thoughts for the week? No, just like you said, check out. I mean, those fall reports are going to be great when they're coming. And it's been fun to talk to some of those coaches and kind of see what they have so far. And then as we get, you know, we'll see how once they play some games, but we also got that fall schedule up there. So if you want to, if you're in an area with teams, go check out that fall schedule. Cause we've just added like five or six teams that released it, including Florida uh, this week released their fall schedule. So um, always a great way to check out teams and kind of get an early glimpse of the future for some of these programs. Yeah. Head on over to the site. Fall balls here. Reset it. Uh, we've got all those games that, that we could pull together. And if there's anything we've missed, please send us a message and let us know if there's a game on there that we don't have. Uh, let us know and we'll, we'll get it up there for you. All right, Tara Henry for Rand and Potkey, the D1 Softball Podcast. Uh, we'll see you all next week. 